today on Real Radio. Here's what's true for all mankind. You judge if God is telling the truth or not. That's, we can whittle it all down to that. Do you believe that God tells the truth? If you believe God tells the truth, then you understand when you read his Bible and you study his Bible, as you, like the prophets, search the scriptures, you find out that God keeps his word. He never, never lies. He never changes. He can be dependent upon. We need that today. Welcome to Real Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Radio, Pastor Jack continues a study now called Anchored, a study in 1 Peter with a message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 2. You know, the Apostle Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus, and he later became the leader of the early church. His story, it's indeed ancient, but really no different than what's happening today. We are still in need of a Savior, and Christ followers still need Peter's heartfelt words of compassion and his encouragement. Jesus saved us from the power of sin by paying the ultimate price. His brutal death on the cross gave us the chance to experience new life in heaven with him. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is all about salvation. By choosing to follow Christ, we can be assured our salvation is secure. So today, on day two of this message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that God wants to be involved in every area of our lives. We are to go to Him with whatever we're going through. It's a matter of trust, and God is indeed trustworthy. We can depend on Him to guide us through any trial and any situation in which we find ourselves. And now in his message called The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 2, here's pastor and Bible teacher Jack Hibbs. Romans chapter 15, verse 4 says regarding this truth, for whatever things were written before, that's the prophets, were written for our learning. Church, listen, I'm going to be very dogmatic and it's going to sound brutal about what I'm going to say. When Romans 15, verse 4 says, for whatever things were written beforehand were written for our learning, do you all understand Paul the Apostle is talking about the things that are written beforehand that is Genesis to Malachi. Did you know that? It's called the Old Testament. Any church, any Christian group that says you don't need to study the Old Testament is dangerous. Get out of it. Run. If you have a church or if you go to a church that does not teach or quote from or uh, do series upon or verse by verse of the Old Testament, you need to find a new church. You say, how dare you say that? Listen, I say it because the Bible says that. We are to teach the full counsel of God. Paul said that to the church at Corinth and he was talking about the Old Testament. Every Bible student should read the Old Testament or else you'll never know if the New Testament's true. You'll have no way of knowing that your New Testament is true unless you study the Old. Because everything that's in the Old announces what's gonna happen. And the New Testament says, hey, look, it happened just like he said. But in the day of the prophets, they didn't know this. They spoke under the power, we'll see this in a moment, of the Holy Spirit of God. Galatians chapter four, verse four is a powerful statement regarding God's timing. But when the fullness of time had come, notice what happened. God sent forth his son. The word fullness of time is at just the right moment. 
Christ had to come. Mary had to be pregnant of the Holy Spirit and she had to be in Bethlehem. None of Joseph's blood could be in her and he had to be born of a virgin, that is Jesus, in that town of her ancestry. How was that? How do we know that the Christmas story is accurate? Old Testament. It had to happen that way. It had to be Mary, pregnant without any of Joseph's blood in her because the Bible says that there was a curse upon the bloodline of Joseph. His blood couldn't be in Jesus. And guess what the Bible says? That she was conceived of the Holy Spirit, miraculous conception that the Christ might be born. We know that from the Old Testament. At just the right time, Jesus was born, according to the Bible. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. Ephesians 1:10 tells us that in the dispensation of the fullness of time. Somebody asked me last week, right after service, Pastor, do you believe in dispensations? Well, look at the word in the Bible there. That in the dispensation, what is that? It means that God manages time according to his own sovereign will. And I'll give you an idea about a dispensation. Um, There are dispensations, for example, when you're a freshman in school. What's your dispensation? You're a freshman in school. There's certain things that you will do and certain things you will not do because there's a time frame that applies to you. Are you with me? The same is true about God dealing with mankind. There's an Old Testament dispensation and there's a New Testament dispensation. That doesn't mean that one is wrong or that uh, one is right because they're both from God. They're both right. God deals in his own time frame. So look at that verse in Ephesians. That in the dispensation, that is in the dealing of times and segments, in the fullness of times, he might gather together in all things Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. God is managing the time of salvation. God's at work. So you might be here today saying, uh, Jack, I want God to intervene in my time and I want God to do a few miracles so I can know uh, that God is God and then I'll believe in Jesus Christ. Listen, God is not going to do that. I want to see a miracle and then then I'll believe. You're not going to see that. That's not how he works. God is asking you to consider what he's written to you in the past, to look at history, and you judge. Here's here's what's true for all mankind. You judge if God is telling the truth or not. That's we can whittle it all down to that. Do you believe that God tells the truth? If you believe God tells the truth, then you understand when you read his Bible and you study his Bible, as you, like the prophets, search the scriptures, you find out that God keeps his word. He never, never lies. He never changes. He can be dependent upon. We need that today. Nothing's stable in this world anymore. God is stable. You want to have your heart rate lowered? You want to stop taking pills to make your stomach not be upset anymore? You want to stop biting your fingernails? I'm not joking. Start reading your Bible. Find out what God is going to do with you and the world. Find out what God wants to do with your life. Find out how God, if you invite him in, how he'll deal with the situation that's plaguing you right now. That's what I've been doing this week. I've been going to God. I've got something that I have no power except to lay it out before God. I'm actually kind of glad for it. It's so monumental. I can't do anything about it. I'm kind of glad about that. Because you know what? Are you like me? If I can maybe roll up my sleeves and kind of work on it, I'll do it. 
Not a good idea when it comes to God's stuff. He doesn't need any help. Remember, remember when you're trying to mow your lawn when your kids were little and they wanted to help you mow the lawn and you need to get it done in 30 minutes and an hour and a half later, you're still trying to mow the lawn because your little junior or little Miss America wanted to help you push the lawn more. They were cute, but boy, did they take up a lot of time and effort. Listen, God is in control. God doesn't need our help. And when something is pressing against our lives, there's a great opportunity to lay it out before the throne of God and back up and say, Lord, you take care of this. And I might add, Lord, you take care of it big. Amen. Amen. Go to him. Go to him with whatever it is. I'm looking around here. I know some of my friends in this service right now today, they're battling cancer, health issues, financial issues, problems, relationship issues. Take it to him. Lay it down before him. He's the governor of time. He knows exactly what he's doing. And listen, we, we, we can trust him to do that. If we can't trust him to do that, how in the world can we trust him with the moment that you and I enter eternity if we can't trust him to help us with this thing that's before us right now? Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh God, I trust you. Yes, take me to heaven. But Jesus, have you seen my mortgage? Or Jesus, have you heard what the doctor said? Or did you hear what they said? He's got you covered. Ephesians 3 verse 2 says, If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me for you. What is Paul saying? Haven't you heard? Did you get the message? I left. Listen, I sent you a text. Did you get the email? God saves those who call upon him and he will never stop working in your life and he'll get you all the way through to the end. It is this salvation that we revel in. It's the God who knows the timing. Don't think for a moment, Christian, oh, if I only would have been born during the days of Jesus walking in Galilee. God's infinite wisdom knew it wouldn't be good for you and he had you be born in the 21st century and that's his plan. Yeah, but why was I born in California? I don't know that either. I'm just telling you this. It's his plan. It's his plan. The second thing that we know is found also, of course, in verse 11. The greatest teaching on Bible prophecy ever is how God would provide salvation. He would not only provide the timing of it all, but he inspired the revelation of it all. God inspired the revelation of the doctrine of salvation. God gave it. Notice this. This is fascinating. It says uniquely, follow with me, look at it, the Spirit of Christ. Look at your Bible carefully. If you have a good study Bible produced by a good publisher, they should be true to the original text in the original languages. Why do I say that? Because the Spirit of Christ, you see S on Spirit, it should be capitalized in your Bible. It better be. If not, then the Publishers have tampered with it. Capital S, Spirit of Christ, is none other than the Holy Spirit of Christ. See, what is this Holy Spirit of Christ? Isn't the Holy Spirit one person of the Trinity and Christ the other person? Yes, absolutely. It's called the Trinity. God is one, manifesting himself in three personalities. See, can you explain that? I can't. There's a, you know, this all fails. It's all ridiculous, right? The egg, you know the egg. You have an egg? Did you have an egg today? You say, grab an egg. You grab an egg. 
and then uh, you crack the egg, and then you mix the egg, and then you eat the egg. You didn't eat the shell, but, but that's an egg. Now, you health nuts, if you separated the yolk from the white, right? You still ate the egg. It's one egg and three manifestations. And like water, water, the vapor, the solid, uh, well, what am I missing? Ice, that is the solid. Or I, clearly, I failed fourth grade science. I'm having a brain freeze right now. Water's the same way. It's a vapor, it's a solid, uh, you know, liquid. <laughs> Yes, you reminded me. Thank you for that. Exactly. It's still water. Okay. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In your salvation, God's Holy Spirit was at work in the person of God the Son under the will of God the Father. Isn't it amazing? The Holy Spirit being one with the Son, with the Father, God at work to redeem you. We, um, obviously, we don't understand and can fully appreciate the levels and the depths of our salvation. It's just impossible for us in our humanity. But know this, those three persons of the triunity of God were at work saving us. And I'm grateful. It must be awesome. And I think once you and I walk through the veil and look back at what God delivered us out of, we're going to look around heaven and we're going to, we're going to say thank you for about a bazillion trillion years. Thank you, God. Mark it in your Bible, the word indicating. This is the Greek word. Listen, I love it. Mark it down. It is deep. The word there in that verse that the spirit of Christ who was in them was what? Indicating. The word means to be, listen, to be making plain, to be revealing, to be taking what is and making it known at a particular time or times. So we'll read it like this. The spirit of Christ who was in them, the prophets, watch, was revealing with the word given to them regarding a doctrine, regarding a work of God that the prophets didn't understand, but those who would receive it, would understand, would get it. And Peter in a moment is going to say to us that it was regarding you who believe. Yes, he said that 2,000 years ago, but look at you now. We are 2,000 years removed from the advent of Jesus and thousands of more years removed from the prophets. And we are more sure now based upon what we have to examine. Here we learn about the spirit of Christ or Christ is another word for Messiah, the spirit of Messiah that was at work in them, speaking. And there, by the way, this is kind of cool. There's two, a twofold complementary action that's at work right here that's exposed. Number one, listen, I'm gonna read it to you. There is the internal quest of the human heart upward and of the mind upward, the desire for redemption. Listen, and, the, and ultimately God himself. Listen, what's in, in play here is fascinating because according to the Bible, every human being gropes. The, the book of Acts calls it groping. 
as a picture of somebody in the dark. They're lost. Listen, church, if you're not a Christian today following Jesus, the Bible says you're lost. But God doesn't want you to stay lost. The lost is groping. Watch, they're looking. They're blind. They can't find a meaning to their life. They're, they're constantly searching. They're looking about why, what's wrong with, why are they searching? Because inside of them, I don't want to be too cute about it, but it is true. You've all heard that there's a, there's a Christ or God shaped hole in everyone's heart. Have you ever heard that before? That's true. Man is searching, not knowing what he's searching for, but he feels empty no matter how much money he has, no matter the position and status of life, no matter what he's got, he's constantly searching. That's why nothing that this world can give you will satisfy you. It's not more sex. It's not more money. It's not more power. It's not more position. It's going to fail you. You were designed for God, and without him, you're going to be dissatisfied, you're going to be empty in life. And I'm not talking religion. I'm talking reality, period. And so you search and you search and you grab, I need cocaine. And then you get cocaine and then you need more cocaine. And then when you're out of cocaine, you get whatever comes after cocaine or sex or power or whatever, or money. Well, I've got millions. I need millions more. And you're never satisfied. Why? Because according to that word, it is true. The Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of Christ is announcing salvation to the human heart. And you'll either decide that salvation or you'll reject it. And if you reject it, listen, you may not realize it, but you'll continue to grow empty. And there's a tipping point when you become so tired of trying to fill the void. And yet at the same time, because it's a double-edged sword, it winds up all of the hurt and all of the drama begins to build a wall around your life and you become callous and cold and you become indifferent to people. And that's where our culture is today. When people can rescue somebody from being murdered or run over or killed, do you know what they do in the world today? And it's worldwide, it's not just America. They take out their phone and they video it. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I trust you've got better things to do. But you can go to YouTube and see people being murdered when they could have been rescued by the person on the other end of the phone. That to me is the epitome of callousness in a culture lost. And yet every person behind those phones or behind that act is a person that once had a longing for God and went after the wrong things to fill it. And the Bible says God gives them to a reprobate mind. Isn't that a scary thought? There are people walking around today in Paris well, there's one less person running around Paris today, right? Screaming all Akbar and stabbing people to death. Minds gone, hearts callous. But the Bible says inside of a man, inside of a woman, there's an internal quest for God. If that's you, call out to God today. The second thing is this, meaning is that there is the revelation of God of himself to mankind. God wants you to know him. It's God, according to the Bible, that draws you to him. He, he woos you. That's an old uh, Puritan word, to woo. You know what wooing is? You know, we, we would think of it as in, a, in, a, uh, in a flirtatious sense. Oh, he was wooing her. Well, what does that mean? It's exactly what it means, it means. He's inviting her. He's uh, flirting with her. He's calling out to her. He's trying to make her come to him. And the Holy Spirit does that. 
The Spirit of Christ unified together. Think of it. It is the Spirit of Christ, it's the Holy Spirit, who makes Jesus so attractive. And the Spirit says, come to Jesus. Look, he loves you. He wants the best for your life. He went to the cross for you. All of those thoughts that enter the minds and the hearts of man is from God. And he wants you to know him. What an amazing God we have. The heart that is after God is desiring to be with God. When that heart begins to awaken, that's a spiritual reality that I believe will not be denied. When God begins to touch your heart and you're responding to him, nothing will satisfy you but the word of God. Did you know that, church? Listen. Listen, there's nothing that can cause a church to grow healthy but the word of God. Listen, it's not, it's not a remodel. It's not screens. It's not graphics. It's not music. These are all salt and pepper and spices to the food. This is it. You know the old saying, uh, build, what is it? Build it and they will come. Build it. Nowhere is that in the Bible. But the Bible does say, listen, teach it or preach it and they'll come. They might say yes or they might say no, but they'll come. That's all of our job is that we're supposed to do is to, is to present Christ. What people do with the offer is their business, not ours. But Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, they'll follow me. You want to have a church that's successful? Keep the Bible forefront and God's sheep will come and eat the word. No games, no bingo, no goof off. You can have bingo, but have Bible before your bingo. You can have a barbecue, just have Bible before your barbecue. Bible, God's word. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 13, and you shall seek me and find me when you have searched for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Thank God for that. And it's the spirit of Christ who's working. Why? Because Christ is the centrality of the word of God and the Holy Spirit's the teacher. Did you know that? In John 16, verse seven, I love this. Get ready to write this. This is a wonderful passage. Follow along with me if you would. John 16, verse seven, letters in red, Jesus is speaking. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, that's another name of the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Verse eight. And when he comes... He will convict the world of sin. However, when he, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. That's a prophetic statement right there. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Radio, in his message called, the Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 2. Thanks for being with us today. We pray that your life is based on the solid truth of God's Word and His promise of a Savior, God's only Son, Jesus Christ. The Greatest Teaching on Bible Prophecy Ever, Part 2, is part of Pastor Jack's series called Anchored, a study in First Peter, a series that takes us through the life and times of the Apostle Peter, whose love for Jesus Christ carried him through great persecution and whose compassion for others really inspires us still today. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Radio. Now, can you imagine if the Apostle Peter had a Facebook page? Well, we're all called to be disciples of Christ, but today we have the advantage to share our faith through social media. 
That's why Pastor Jack is on Facebook and often shares live events called Happening Now. You don't have a Facebook page to join in? No big deal. You can join thousands who follow Pastor Jack on his Facebook page, simply called Jack Hibbs. The Happening Now episodes mainly cover Bible prophecy as they relate to current events. You're going to like it a lot. You can access Pastor Jack through Facebook or at our website, reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. Our phone number, if you'd like to write this down, 877-RR-RADIO. That's 877-777-2346. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 1273, Chino Hills, California, 91709. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at reallifewithjackhibbs.org. That's reallifewithjackhibbs.org. I'm David J. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Radio.